Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 66 of Vague Zone. I am Daniel. I'm Thomas. And today we are discussing The Matrix Resurrections from Alana Wachowski, 2021, rated R, two hours and 28 minutes. And joining yes. us for this discussion are two guests. First up, Emily Corona, my wife. Say hello, wife. Hello, wife. <laughs> and also, Max Burwald. Say hello, Max. Yay. Hello. Glad Ooh. to be back. Yeah, welcome back. The two of you, thank you so much for joining us in this discussion. So yeah, Max, would you like to read us the IMDb synopsis for The, Ma the Matrix Resurrections? Absolutely. Return to a world of two realities. One, everyday life. The other, what lies behind it. <laughs> to find out if his reality is a construct, to truly know himself, Mr. Anderson will have to choose to follow the white rabbit once more. Beautiful. Wow. And there you have it. Poetic. All right. So to start off this discussion, how about we start with Max? Why don't you tell us what your history is with this franchise before we get into thoughts? My history? Yeah. I, uh, I have so many stories because the <laughs> oh, way boy. this movie was originally framed for me, I feel like people in this room, like we were a bit, I was not allowed to see R-rated movies. So yeah, we were a bit too young to experience this in theaters like sort of on our, our our own terms so the way that i experienced the first matrix was my dad would pick up videos from like the <laughs> rental store on the way home and sort of stick them in front of me and uh that what the context he gave for this particular film was he was like you gotta see this film it doesn't make any sense like it's <laughs> it's just it doesn't make any sense but they still let it play in theaters no one can figure out what's going on it's it's uh it's yeah and and uh so i was like oh okay like it doesn't make any sense so like, a terrible mistake is being made. <laughs> and so, so then i watched it i was like oh no this is the greatest film of all time and um and it was uh pretty clear to me what was happening in the film <laughs> it makes sense yeah. So then I was talking to my dad and he would like my dad watched it a couple more times with me because I subsequently got obsessed with this film. Mm -hmm. And one time he was like, yeah, I figured it out. I was like, what? He was like, if they're wearing the cool clothes, they're in the matrix. <laughs> they're wearing like the ratty clothes. They are outside of the matrix. And I was like, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, I was obsessed with this film and the subsequent ones. Saw an infomercial for the Ultimatrix, which is like the box set. Got obsessed oh. with that. Nice. I think I received it for Christmas. I yeah, think you did. I think I really began the Matrix. So, were you hyped going up until this movie? Were you, were you very excited for this movie to come up? Uh, I was afraid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's kind of rare. I don't have a lot of like. I'm not a. I'm not a fanboy for a lot of stuff. So like, I don't. I haven't had this experience many times where. I feel like I've watched other people have this experience many times where like a beloved property mm -hmm. is up for a reboot or for a long-awaited sequel. And they're like, oh, like, don't, yeah. they're going to mess this up and break my heart. Um, and I don't often experience experience that, but I kind of had that feeling where I was like, oh, what? Like, do we have to do this? Like, <laughs> yeah. This. Uh, but yeah, and we can get into, because the development history kind of mirrors that. Yeah. So far as yeah. I can tell. Yeah. It seems like the Wachowskis themselves were kind of like, yeah, we don't want to do this. We never will. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's uh, my background. Yeah. Emily, why don't you tell us about your 
relationship. Well, honestly, I probably watched it for the first time with Max. Just knowing, like, this was not the kind of movie uh, my dad brought home from Blockbuster. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) My dad brought home Hitchcock movies and then would, like, set the scene for us. Like, okay, guys, the year is 1957. (laughs) Like, we are in the Cold War. Um, so, so yeah, uh, contemporary action sci-fi movies were not really in his wheelhouse. So I probably watched it at Max's house, um, with the background being, okay, this is Max's favorite movie, um, and it will always be his favorite movie. <laughs> and it was his favorite movie for many, many years. So I, I don't really remember my first viewing of it, but it was almost certainly at the Burwald residence. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So, is it time to get into what we thought of The Matrix? Well, what about your backgrounds with it? Well, Max? I mean, we've talked about all three movies. I yeah, think we, we probably... We did four episodes where we kind of gushed over, like, being yeah. into the, the, the movies and the websites and just the lore, the mystery yeah. around it, and me being in love with Reloaded and sort of, like, kind of having conflicts with revolutions and then falling in love with the games and having appreciations with the Animatrix a little bit later on. Um, yeah, I guess, Daniel, what, what is sort of your thoughts about resurrection my thoughts about resurrection <laughs> yeah okay so i've seen it, it. <laughs> i've seen it twice now Ooh, um i watched Gracious. it last night and then i watched it again today and after so we watched it last night emily fell asleep probably after an hour um and i i finished it and when she woke up i was like i think i hated that movie <laughs> like i really did not enjoy this movie um i found it really really frustrating and I had a long discussion, a long back and forth with friend of the show, Carl, who was on either yeah. the Reloaded or Revolutions episode, but um, who he really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. We had a long back and forth. I ended up rewatching it this morning, and I did like it a lot more the second time around, um, but I'm still very conflicted about it. Um, I'm really just curious to get into this conversation and to figure okay. out like what everyone else thought. So why don't we why don't we go around? Uh, Thomas, how about you? You go next. Man, I was so fucking bummed out watching this movie. <laughs> like, like, like I say, like I was in the studio smoking weed, watching the first like three movies, getting very excited for this fucking movie to show up. Like, like I say, big fan of the first three. Like seeing revolutions in theaters was like a really big moment for me. Like playing the games and like just being in, like into the whole thing later on was really great and then hearing about this movie showing up was like yeah like max said it's like makes me kind of nervous makes me a little bit worried about them revisiting this properties um i'm not too keen on like the wachowski's works after revolutions i know some people are big on speed racer and there's some other movies that have like some cult followings but i'm not like too crazy on their hyper sci-fi kind of crazy like i don't know really big visuals i wasn't crazy about um uh, cloud Atlas. Cloud Atlas mm. is kind of kind of messy. And I kind of felt that way watching this. So I was like, yeah, it's just like like a lot of stuff kind of going on and it just doesn't really work. It doesn't feel much like a Matrix movie. It doesn't really like look like a Matrix movie that much, but there are a lot of aspects to it that I really enjoy that I found were really thought-provoking and kind of honor that original trilogy. But yeah, just like the fact that so much of this movie is just like clips of the old trilogy playing like on the walls and stuff and like 
Morpheus just been like, oh yeah, this is kind of like the old crib. It's like, don't you remember? Like, it's just, it's just too cheeky. It's just like, yeah. this is like, you have like one of the heaviest, deepest, fucking craziest lores of all like cinematic history. And, and very ambitious. Like, too. Yeah. And you're just like, oh yeah, it's like, it's a joke, whatever. Yeah. It's like the Matrix. Like, like, I don't know. It's like them, like making it, reducing it to like this gaming kind of joke, this meta joke. Just so, it's felt so reductionist and just felt just like, it just, they, I just didn't enjoy turning it into this meta joke into the first act of the movie and having like uh neo being like this game programmer just i, I don't know I just, I just didn't like that setup and just everything that sort of followed that was just like extremely frustrating we have our uh, a character named bugs who's like a bugs bunny warner mm-hmm. brothers kind of warner allegory brothers. i'm just like <laughs> warner brothers need to fucking calm down with like i just like i guess just don't understand wb like, brought <laughs> neo back <laughs> it's like yeah just I, after that moment i was like kind of just tapped out like it's just there's just so much like ridiculous shit in this movie that i just wasn't really into there's really fantastic stuff a lot of really small details but overall just very very frustrated walking out of that theater are there really fantastic details i yeah the robot he looked it looked like a sea creature (laughs) i uh, I guess i want to ask you guys what you think about like the philosophy but i i was interested in like the whole idea of the analyst and he had this whole idea of like the stronger power being like these programs like never being able to like fully achieve like a goal like they have like wants and desires but they always get like kind of close but never there and like the brain power from that generates more energy i thought that was really fascinating because well, we sort of live in this world where like desire and wanting are like really interesting things and i don't know i thought that was a nice progression going from like the whole free will conversation in the first three and talking about like you know, like, you know, we want something, but we can't get it. And just, like, that yearning is, like, creating a lot of mental energy for the machines to harvest. I thought that was cool. But, I don't know. What, what about anything, was there anything else in this movie that you guys sort of latched onto? Yeah, I think we, I think we need to get Max and Emily, like, what are your, like, overall thoughts before we can dive into, like, specific details. And okay, stuff. sorry. So, so <laughs> Ma- okay, I'm gonna, go. just because I know Max will have way more thoughts than me, so I'm gonna keep it brief. Um, I thought it was weird. <laughs> and I was confused the whole time. Not because of the plot, although there were some plot things that I, I um, granted, I did fall asleep. <laughs> and so okay. I'm well, not sure. Tonight, I'm not so. sure even upon the second viewing, I think I probably lost some uh, details. Um, but like Daniel and I have repeated over and over when watching just like contemporary action movies, like throughout the past like 10 years or so every time we see an action movie that like misses the mark with the action sequences we were like the matrix came out 20 years ago why has no one learned anything it's right there it like it does it all right um and then we watched this and we're like how did the matrix not learn (laughs) the lessons of the matrix 20 years ago like i think the cardinal sin for me like and there's a lot of stuff but i could have forgiven so many things if it was just really good action sequences and it somehow doesn't (laughs) like not as for me not a single one landed in any notable way um and that's my main takeaway so Mm -hmm. i have thoughts on that but we will circle back to it max what did you think yeah i wish i could pull like a neat contrarian pivot and be like you're all wrong this was the best matrix <laughs> and just like just have like a drag out fight that might be more interesting but i i i it's this is such a bad film like <laughs> it's i was really hurting we would have one fan 
<laughs> it's infuriating. And I yes. think Emily's point is really well taken and was something I was thinking about too, was like when we got to like a halfway point, I was like, man, like this, this whatever set, whatever the set pieces for this movie or like wherever we're going action wise had better be visionary <laughs> yeah. like because you guys don't know there's no plan here like this is they're, they're doing the this is my biggest just my my biggest note for this movie is that it is afflicted with something that we've all become very familiar with i think watching just like contemporary action stuff or just contemporary hollywood stuff in general especially high concept stuff sci-fi stuff it doesn't have any idea that it's interested in exploring for longer than 45 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and so everything, there may be ideas in here somewhere, like to Thomas's point, like, yeah, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. Uh, also an interesting idea is like, you have robot traders that are interested in helping you, helping sneak you to the body pods that you want to access. Yeah. yeah. Right? This whole civil war Maybe. between like robots. Could, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Civil war between could be a great idea, but we'll never know because <laughs> they refuse to explore it. They refuse to be interested in a single idea long enough to write a sequence that explores that idea. We get it. Um, and I think interesting to know that robots understand the concept of the fist bump, but we only see that one time and we never yeah. return to it. It's like, do they also the understand hour. like, you know, secret handshakes, like multiple touches and like even incorporating like the feet into the mix? They do um, the head touch. He does like the, the, the forehead touch. And I was yeah. like, this is so yeah. like, I was like, am I watching a Jurassic Park movie? I was like, what, <laughs> like, what, is, like, what is going on? Like, like this isn't Chris Pratt in a Velociraptor. This is Neo in a machine. Like, yeah. And I don't, I, I don't know. Just but anyway, do I interrupted you, Max. I'm sorry. Just, just to, just to finish up on that action point. Um, because, I, yeah, I assume we can talk about, there's lots to talk about, but on the action point, yeah, like, Yuan Wu-Ping is still alive. Yeah. The man is still alive. <laughs> like, the, the people who you brought in to cook up, like, one, two, and to some extent, three, like, I get a little bit yeah. iffy on the, on the third, yeah. but definitely in the first two, the people who cook that stuff up are still around. Including presumably the Wachowskis, like it's not a choreographer who brought you the forty-minute yeah. sort of set piece in Reloaded that take you from the palace to the highway. Like that whole thing is both amazing action choreographers collaborating with, you know, I don't know who it is, like storyboard artists and presumably the Wachowskis. But this movie just has no, even when it comes to those action sequences, like Emily was saying. It doesn't have any imagination. It all looks like a bad retread of stuff stuff we've seen before. Often the way it's imagined like shot for shot or just like geographically in a space is just a retread, a retread of stuff that has already happened in the franchise. Like yeah. when you have them on the roof, like dueling the helicopters, you have like bullets raining down or whatever. Yeah. It's just, it's painfully unoriginal at this point for like a revisit. But like, later. so the movie is this commentary on remakes, reboots and sequels yeah. and how like they refer to the loop as a treadmill, like this idea that you're moving forward, but you're actually not. You're just stuck in the same place. And it even uses nostalgia as a place to, um, you know, they recreate the set where Morpheus first uh, woke Neo up. And this is supposed to be like it's supposed to help trigger that where he can wake up again. And so it's playing with this idea of nostalgia and repetition. And it it's 
it feels like it's trying to have its cake and eat it too, where it's trying to criticize that stuff, but absolutely conforming to it. Like it reminded me a lot of Scream and how Scream is like, yeah, here are all yeah. the tropes of a horror movie. By the way, we're, we will proceed to fulfill all of those tropes. We're not going to undermine them any anyway. We are absolutely going to do those things that uh, we are calling attention to. Like this wants to call attention to the fact that retreads, reboots, remakes are unfulfilling ultimately. But that is what this movie is. Um, yeah. I know in, we were talking about it in the car and Daniel <laughs> was like trying to spin it as a potentially intentional thing. Yeah. Which I think is the, I, at the most, the most generous a yeah. human has ever The most been. charitable interpretation <laughs> I can give is that the fight scenes are intentionally. So the choreography, I think, is still there. I think the choreography is still there. I think it's shot poorly and edited poorly. And I think it's the most generous interpretation I can give is that it is intentional because as the Merovingian says, when he shows up, uh, like in the old matrix, they had better movies, better films, better books. <laughs> everything was better. Now everything fucking sucks. And so you are seeing these characters perform actions that are still pretty good in terms of choreography, but the way they're represented because we are within this shitty matrix is shitty like that is the most generous interpretation i can give to what is happening and the, i love it yeah <laughs> like like that is delightful and i i desperately hope that is the case but i mean so it would this would be up with what is that hubie halloween with like someone trying to make <laughs> this a is bad up movie? there with hubie halloween you know it's like try, just trying to like in do defense it, of hubie halloween <laughs> i had fun <laughs> i had fun halloween is great yeah <laughs> um but I just, um, I'm not even convinced the action is any good because uh, I didn't see it. Like, I like I don't think the choreography yeah. is real. There's like a couple moments. There's like a moment on the train where the two people are shooting and they're like laying on each other's backs. And I'm I like, so excited pretty sure I'm supposed scene. to think, think this is supposed to be real cool. And the only moment, I was, <laughs> the only thing I remember really liking is like, oh, and when they're in the little, when they're doing doing his first little kung fu scene with morpheus uh and morpheus does a little foot thing that he does in the matrix again <laughs> yeah, and i was like yeah. i was like this is a delightful callback i like this and i hope uh this builds from there and then it did not and that was my favorite piece of action in the whole movie when morpheus <laughs> does his little foot thing again yeah but like <laughs> that was it. so the past movies a lot of the action it's just like people's like there's a lot of elements of like people striking poses and we established the rhythm of movement through like moving from pose to pose. There are still people striking poses in this movie, but it's usually like someone leaping and striking a pose in the air in the background as the camera moves <laughs> away from them. So it feels like, like these matrix things are still happening. It's just the camera's not capturing it. It's just not interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and I would be still totally interested if they just went for a completely different style of action in this movie. Like, I think subversion of expectations like that's perfectly acceptable but but what i feel like we got was somehow like a <laughs> another death star but smaller this time it was yeah. like it was like yeah we're, we're waking up neo like, again we're waking up trinity again like we're sort of it's being like, yeah to, it's to like it. yeah they rebuilt the death star but this time it's teensy mm. <laughs> like, not a big deal um, like yeah. speaking of the action there's something i want to bring up there's a few parts where i feel like the movie 
like builds itself up and then just sort of takes its own like momentum away I mentioned the whole train thing i really like, like when they're on the roof and neil's on the roof and he's about to jump off he's sort of got pushed to that point where he is sort of going mad and he doesn't know what what's real or what's not and he's just gonna jump off of a building to sort of push himself to find out and then bugs kind of saves him and then they like walk to this like door that's like this beautiful neon light kind of bursting out of it and i was like oh shit like we're gonna walk walk through that door and the movie's gonna get better like yeah we're gonna go yeah we're gonna go into this door and it's like it's gonna be a really like great sequence but then we're inside this, the train and it's just like the camera just doesn't know where to like sort of point or like what to focus on but i want to ask you guys what did you guys think about sort of the analyst doing this thing where there's like an action scene about to start and then he sort of just pauses it and then walks around neo and does this long like monologue kind of thing because like, it happens twice, and then, like, th- when it happens, like, in the third act, I was just so, it just made me so frustrated when they're, like, inside the cafe, and it's, like, SWAT members all everywhere, and it's just, like, Neil Patrick Harris kind of walking around. I'm like, you guys are about to have a really fantastic action sequence, and then you just deflate it and just take all the energy away from it. I was wondering, you guys, what you think about that or Neil Patrick Harris's sort of character? Uh, do you want to go, Max? I think that uh, you earlier like identified actually the aspect of that character that that I think is most interesting when you were talking about like how he identifies like the specific attributes of his version of the matrix, like, oh, we're gonna harvest energy in like this particular way. And I have a different reading of human consciousness or human subjectivity than previous um, innovators of the matrix had. Like, I think that's what is cool. I also, um, I, did you say that you, did you say that you did like it the first time that like the, for the first time when Trinity is being shot at and they're in the motorcycle thing and he goes around, did you like that? No, I, I, I don't like the trick of all like, oh, like I'm taking your bullet time trick and using it against you. I think I just, it just felt like just so obvious in just like, just not the, the choice I would have made to have this villain to be just so like meta in his sort of way that he is attacking I, Neo. I'd have to think more about, I have to think more about how this works, like what what this reflects like in universe. I liked it in the first scene. I did not like the, yeah, maybe continued reliance on it, but I liked the idea that this is like a new way of challenging. Because Neo, I mean, it's, 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 you're dealing with Superman here, yeah. you know, like yeah. we have Superman problems yeah. uh, big time with Neo. He knows how to do the Matrix now. So, um, <laughs> he can fly, he can do anything. Yeah, although they'd later try and establish that he's still rusty, you know, like <laughs> yeah, he's still he can't fly. I forgot. How but, but, any, but anyway, I think as things go, I did like this as an idea of like, okay, but I think bullet time was just a nice way to conceptualize it for the audience. And it's a type of winking that didn't annoy me as much as other types of winking, where it's just like, oh yeah, well, speed is subjective. And uh, now like we can control the pace of the matrix in other ways. So it, it didn't bother me that much in the first time, but then yeah, I, other, like other things in this movie, like when they called back to it, I was like, do you think that this is interesting? Like, do you, do you think that there's something I'm puzzled by the things this movie chooses to explore at the expense of other <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah that's this a good is, way to I'm getting what I'm, what I'm supposed to be taking away the third time, yeah, Neil Patrick Harris is talking about these things. And also it's just visually, they're sort of like slow-mo. Like oh, every, <laughs> there's so much visual weirdness in this movie, like choices of like strange breaks from like the, the sort of the way the original not even was shot, but just visually. And I'm not even talking about color, but just like, yeah, the way the Matrix looks 
to me sort of epitomize like the two things this movie does that just like really confuse me is like the uh when they get red pilled and everything goes all like low frame rate and then yeah. and then neil patrick Ca- and then neil patrick harris also has like that same effect when he's doing the bullet time thing but like not when he's talking only when it's like a wide shot of him moving around and i can't understand what they are trying to do <laughs> like i I have no idea what they're trying to do. Well, but yeah, the red pill, uh, it's the same sort of, to me, I'm pretty sure it's the same sort of low frame rate effect, but they just sort of apply it slightly different with um, Neil Patrick Harris. Um, because if we are talking about bullet time, like that's not what bullet, like being in bullet time looked like in the Matrix. It's like, like bullet time, he was still like moving either like a normal person or in slow motion himself, just a little faster than bullets. Like, or he's just so fast that he can just move around bullets and looks like a normal person. I like, mean, my problem what is with that, it was like, it just, swooshy look. It just looked cheap. Like, yeah. And yeah. I don't know if it's like, like a lot of the slow-mo in this looked cheap. And I don't know yeah. if it's like they used a yeah, camera with period. like, yeah. a, I don't know if they used a camera with like a shorter dynamic range or if like they did a thing where they're shooting at a higher frame rate and then slowing it down and it just didn't It did make line me wonder correctly. this whole time, like watching the whole movie, like, I haven't looked into the budget at all, and I assume it was a large budget. Mm-hmm. But is it like the small end of a large budget? Like I'm very curious how this stacks up against like the original Matrix trilogy, with sure like you know huge. adjusted for so, you know inflation. Wikipedia um, says one ninety. So I would like be curious to stack <laughs> that up against like Revolutions or something like that, something that had just like as much money as they wanted like poured into it. Um, Because it's also weird that we get I.O., which is this thriving human city, and we see, like, 12 people there. (laughs) Yeah, even that sort of stuff. Like, it's very... It feels weirdly cheap, and I don't understand. Like, if this is... If what the Wachowskis, um, or what Lana seems to be saying throughout this whole movie is that WB was desperate to bring this property back, like, surely they threw money at it? Like, uh, why... Why do, are these, like, seeming shortcuts? Now, in defense of the production, it did hit some COVID issues, but I feel like they could have, I, I don't know, there might be a, a, a Matrix Resurrections that exists where we do get some big, like, crowd scenes that are sort of on par with what we saw in Zion, but mm. I don't know. There's just, like, there's so many things that, like, even just, like, the simple ebb and flow of, like, oh, we're inside the machine world, and then we go into the Matrix, and we have this, like, big, like, racing to the clock kind of moment to like get a mission done get to a phone booth and then get out like they don't really like have that kind of like ebb and flow in this movie like there's not there's like a nice moment in the beginning where he's kind of like on the cell phone where you get like a little bit of modern technology kind of using that like getting Neo's attention but i don't know there's those fun like visual things aren't really there and just like those things are sort of like very um things that are that are very, I don't have to say it, things that are, like, that make the Matrix the Matrix aren't really a part of this movie. And so it has, like, those moments where it's trying to make a callback to them, but it, it just feels just very, like, I don't know, just a, like a photocopy of it. And I, I'm kind of going back to what Daniel's saying. is like, yeah, like, maybe, like, they are sort of so ahead of the curve that, like, yeah, like, we're going to make <laughs> a Matrix movie and sort of just focus on this love story between Neo and Trinity sort of, 
becoming more like peers and becoming more like on the same level and we don't really care much about martial arts and gung fu and red pill stuff and kind of we're just ignoring all of that stuff and more just focusing on but they still have it. <laughs> like yeah. it's like we're going to show you that stuff we're just not going to do it well um, yeah well, yeah i don't know maybe that's, that's like, well, then why still a bad me? decision yeah exactly yeah. yeah it's like why bring up these small like kind of fun ideas if we're not going to honor them and really dive into them um what is what is to both of your points though really really quick just to both yeah. of your points it all of that reflects yeah this like lack of focus that i see like they to dan's point like they had that stuff they show it to us they just don't like develop it explore it do it in a spectacular fashion bring like a sense of craftsmanship to it io is another great example it's like the humans have another different city okay cool sounds interesting like what do we learn about it? Uh, they make strawberries. strawberries. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they they have identity. They have an identical relationship to the behavior of these crews that they did in the first movie, where it's sort of like we know that before the religious extremists, like led by Morpheus, were correct and like led to the save the saving of Zion and all this stuff. But once again, we're suspicious and hostile <laughs> up to it. Yeah, and Jada Pinkett Smith is like looking just too old and frail and just distractingly in a make. I don't know. What well, you guys she's think supposed of? to be sixty years older, so that didn't yeah, bother so she's probably me. 90. So she's probably yeah. If anything, she looked a little young. I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I was just I, I was just more. We're going to lock Neo up for approximately thirty seconds, yeah. and no one's. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like why? Why did this happen? Really, truly, <laughs> yeah. why? What is going? on why doesn't iobi just say sure <laughs> go yeah. for it <laughs> like, like yeah she's like, she's like well <laughs> for this just meekest for the most meek of conflicts um yeah what is like, the most interesting don't way you that do that... it and then be like we're gonna do it and what like, it... don't you do it and then they're like we're already gone um, <laughs> what is the most interesting outcome of that conflict uh like potentially or actually like that we got anything None, nothing yeah. Well, you got a nice moment of Niobe being comforted by like a buddy. Like, like are they together? I don't know. Like the gardener lady, they have a seemingly a nice relationship. I guess that's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's baffling. It's like the uh, th the things you could have done in that. I don't know, fifteen minutes. Maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's like ten minutes total in Iowa. I have no idea. Um, but like, sh surely we could have done something else. I, I really just feel like they kept tacking stuff on. Like there, like there is, there are ideas in here that could be explored and could be interesting. Uh, like you could do a movie about IO, you know, like any of these things on its own could be interesting, but just lining them up one after the other with no clear like connections or through lines is just, the result is boredom. It's, the result is inevitably I wonder, tedium. it sort yeah. of feels like they're just replicating the beats of not one of the movies but trying to replicate the beats of like the original trilogy trilogy in its entirety sort of like it's not a retread of any one of them it's a retread of all of them very fast <laughs> so and that's why we get that conflict it's just they want to hit that beat of like human on human like interpersonal conflict before then returning to machine to like the Smith versus the rest of the machine world sort of conflict. And they just like have to get to it because <laughs> that's what they're trying to do. Which is also like, why is Smith in here? Like, does he really contribute much to this story? Not I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. And I wasn't too crazy about like just the direction he chose to go in sort of going like the tech bro kind of angle and the, 
calling him Tom and just, I don't know, just, I don't know. This, like, all the villains in the original just felt just way more menacing and robotic. Like, when we fucking meet the architect, it's like we're talking with, like, a fucking Nazi. It's like this dude's just like, we become efficiently better at destroying it and we were going to get better every time. Just, and then Neil Patrick Harris is just like, you know, he's he's, he's very much like a Reddit kind of guy. He's yeah. like, he feels like it's just too of the time. And I don't know, maybe... I need to go back and rewatch it because I feel like Daniel, you have a little bit more softer opinion him on it after rewatching it. <laughs> so, gotta fetch so we're dog. gonna let the dog in because he's waiting outside. But like, okay. so it feels like okay. So what the movie is doing is like, so with the binary stuff at the beginning, I'm super annoyed by all of these characters. I felt like it was excruciating to watch. Yeah. And on the rewatch, I tried to approach it. I tried to approach it through like, okay, well, what is Neo experiencing? Like. The first time I watched it, I watched it as someone who, like, I know he's going to wake up. I know this is a simulation. Like, let's just get there. Second time I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, well, this is a guy who truly believes that the Matrix, the past Matrix movies were a game. For some reason, they're a game. They could just as easily be movies. <laughs> All the footage is obviously <laughs> All the footage movies. is of movies. Why is it um, but like he truly believes that those were a game he developed. He truly believes that all the violence that's happening around him with like Morpheus and the sprinklers or whatever is in his head. Um, so like maybe that'll feel a little bit better. So like I'm thinking about like, okay, in that first movie, Thomas Anderson, he works at an office, this oppressive environment where he's wearing a button up, a tie and a suit. Yeah. And here he's working at a tech company where people play ping pong and wear t-shirts and stuff. So it's we just trying to, <laughs> so it, it's still, it's representing the power structure, but it's showing that the power structure has changed the aesthetics. So with that, Agent Smith's changed. Agent Smith changes his aesthetics. He becomes a guy wearing a blazer and a t-shirt. He's much chiller and he wears like, you know, a little hipper sunglasses. He calls him Tom. He doesn't call him Mr. Anderson. And so all of that is feeding into the idea that like, we're still stuck in these same poisonous power structures. It's just the aesthetics yeah, yeah. have changed. But why... Yeah, honestly, yeah, I'm cool with that. But like, why, why change Morpheus so much? I don't know. He's not, he doesn't feel like the contemplative sage Morpheus. Maybe he's too young for that so maybe if he sees the program version of him he should be fucking just like him so they also say that he is a combination of morpheus and agent smith and i think it's probably (laughs) yeah we don't see any of agent smith unless it is this newer hipper yeah i'm your friend agent smith and then in which case we are kind of getting a little bit in this in this ai morpheus yeah i think i'm just biased because i love morpheus so much as a character just to see sort of him sort of reduced to a joke just kind of offended me at some points where it's just like i don't know he having him be like the like the comic relief of this movie just was not the decision i was happy with yeah he didn't have any emotional beats which is sort of felt like he didn't have to be there really either his entire thing because he definitely he falls out of the second half of the movie entirely and then it's just like we just need his little nanobot body but he uses (laughs) he uses he uses the exomorph to go into neo's old (laughs) to slink up neo's old umbilical yeah um that's that's fine daniel was like there's some like psychobabble like line coming up that i can't get enough of, and that it, yeah, it's his like, umbilicus. Yeah, it's <laughs> the exomorph umbilicus. to slinky up Neo's old umbilicus. Yeah, the the changing of like the charger port, what like the, the transferring was just like this is like just I, I was kind of into it. Like okay, we can't sever the link, so we just need to you know like kind of switch the plugs. I, I kind of like that little scheme that they had. One thing I thought was funny. <laughs> one thing I thought was funny about Nanobite Morpheus is that he's still like 
stretching and stuff. Like, <laughs> he's like, oh, I got to stretch out my nanobots. And, and he's, he's like, like grunting, grunting and like climbing around. It's like, what? You're flying. What? Most of you is flying. <laughs> like, why are you jumping? <laughs> That's it's, really funny. It's confused. It, like, from the beginning, this movie is weird and confuses me. And not because of the plot. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea why any of these decisions have been made. Um, um, I want to know what people thought of the like the first third of this, which is very meta, very like yeah. yeah what were, what were people thinking? Max. Well, I think well, I think like the uh, the game thing. When I was watching it, I was doing the kind of I don't know if you guys can relate to this, but I was watching it, especially with the Matrix movie. I was like watching it and being like, surely the idea here is like way like beyond me. Like it's we're playing some crazy 3D chess here. And like, I don't understand the relationship between this game and the reality of the matrix versus like the human reality. Like this is going to be, or maybe it's a mystical element that will only be explained in that sort of like magical way that sometimes gets invoked in the matrix. And then the explanation <laughs> is that it doesn't matter. None of this matters. The game, the game is just, it's literally just the skin that this version of the matrix has applied to his like suppressed memories. Mm -hmm. So it's literally just like, oh yeah, it's just Neo's way of remembering or like the Matrix's way of, of processing all of these memories for Neo in a way that allows him to live his daily life and remain in the Matrix is that like, oh, that was a game. So to me, it's like that the actual explanation for what they're, the actual like idea behind this idea, this idea of having the game of the Matrix is really superficial. Like once, unless I'm missing something, but to me, eventually that's what you just find out is like, oh yeah, that's just how he relates to those suppressed memories is he just thinks it's a game. Yeah. Well, that's also sort of why I wish they would have just gone whole hog meta and had yeah. it been the movie, The Matrix, where it's like, right. where right. it's just, because right. oh, this feels like this weird sort of half-assed where like, you can't be quite as meta as you want to be, but you're going to do all the stuff, but you're going to say it's like not literally like the trilogy that we watched, but it's like, just make it literal. Make it literally the trilogy. We, Would it they, literally be Keanu Reeves? The, in the movie, <laughs> in the movie, it is literally Keanu Reeves. Um, but like, be because they've established, like even with this weird game version that like he doesn't actually look like Keanu Reeves. Like no one in the world would ever be like, you look a lot like that actor. Like no one would do that. Only people from like the real world who've like sussed him out and like agents and stuff would actually know who he was. Um, yeah. It's like, so just like, just like commit to that. <laughs> like, like that seems like so much more fun at, at the bare minimum fun. Maybe it would still be stupid and bad, but like going that full meta at least would be like slightly more risky than this. Yeah. Weird superficial, superficial, like, halfway point um where they're still just showing footage for the matrix again what what part of this is a video game we're seeing just like shot yeah. reverse shot like, like, yeah. i was saying where's on? the jump button yeah. how do she's I like i played the game this mom just like picked yeah. up this game and played it. how much is this like is it just a movie how like, short what? is this game she get it in like a night is it hard it seems That's really great. easy um, that maybe you know, the thing about like the whole like uh vision of neo that we sort of see that's different maybe think of a part of the movie that I'll, another small detail that's like really interesting that i wish was more sort of explored more was the whole like reflections of people like when we get like glimpses of people's reflections and it's different it's, they talk about the whole the like dsi uh, yeah the whole digital self-image or whatever yeah. and um yeah i thought that was fantastic 
And yeah, like the whole idea of um, mirrors being portals into the mix, I thought was kind of cool too. Um, but I feel like they could have gone more in the direction of like cell phones and internet technology somehow. But I don't know. Just going back to mirrors, I, well, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, and then there's that one like this could have been really cool and also kind of video gamey because there's that video game where it's all about perspective. Super liminal. Super liminal, where it's like the mirror is too small and the guy's so like, like, just get, get closer. closer to your person. Yeah, yeah, it's like that could have been yeah, so play with perception dope. in a way that like, that could have been this movie's bullet time <laughs> or no oh, yeah. or the the chase from the castle to the freeway like where it's all the or or like when the keymaker's like running through all the doors like can you imagine the like escaping through like different like different sized reflections like higher like, emily fucking wachowski's oh my god yes. if it's like is it mirrors or is it reflections in yeah what general? does it really like, mean to bend reality like that's yeah. so cool any like reflective surface if you have the right angle and perspective and can approach it at the right distance can become like holy shit like that could even be a, so a cell phone cool. um, even a reflective cell phone could be, yeah they yeah. all have pocket mirrors boom um, yeah. <laughs> like that's genuinely interesting and it feels like someone thought of it and but like forgot for, for like <laughs> everything but the one scene that they use it in um and I don't, I don't even feel like they use it that well. It's like it doesn't even look cool when they go through this tiny mirror. It's like you're immediately panning through the wall to the other yeah, side. We're already of it. In another, so you yeah. don't even see them like figuring out how to squeeze themselves through it. Yeah. Um, it, I, it weird and confused. I'm. <laughs> it's weird. I'm. I'm. I don't understand. It. It might be. It might be interesting to think like to be to try being charitable and think about like what we think about this commentary. Like if someone came and was like, no, you guys are dumb. Like this is an amazing commentary on reboot culture and like amazing, you know, resistance against Warner brothers or like there's some, there's a, there's an, this is all working as great industry commentary. Like what, what do we think of? Yeah, like that side of the first half of the movie of like this general critique or like satire it's mounting on on reboot culture or on the whole like what Warner Brothers uh, did or wanted to occur. Because, yeah, I, th I think on the one hand, my impulse is just to dismiss it and say, yeah, but it resulted in a boring movie. So yeah. who cares? But yeah. like, OK, maybe we can. Does anybody think that it was like a really interesting critique that made them see this differently or like? But uh, <laughs> so something I was thinking of is, is this is probably like a weird kind of thing to bring up, but like, okay, in Saturday Night Live history, <laughs> Elvis Costello, he was supposed to perform, his record label wanted to perform a specific song, and he didn't want to perform it. So he goes up on stage, they play a few bars, he tells the audience, I'm sorry, folks, but there is no reason to play this song tonight. And then he switches into the song he wanted to play. It got him banned from the show. It's like a classic performance. Um, cause he switched things up without telling the producers and stuff. So like, yay, we all get to celebrate his fuck you moment to like the producers and to like his record label for trying to like control him as an artist. But what if the song he performed sucked? <laughs> like that is kind of what like might be happening right. here. It's like, yeah, they get to say their F you moment. They get to be subversive and stuff. But if the resulting movie isn't enjoyable, then it feels like kind of like a squandered opportunity. Um, yeah. So, like, this movie is also getting compared a lot to The Last Jedi. People are saying, like, oh, it's just as polarizing and, like, it's this subversive blockbuster. It's the most subversive blockbuster we're going to get since, like, you know, alongside The Last Jedi. The thing The Last Jedi did well is that, like, 
it has these set pieces and these moments, these beats that are echoing things that we've seen before. And so you as an audience member feel like you know how their things are gonna play out. And then it recontextualizes those beats. It takes things in different directions, narratively and for the characters. And so it is, it is presenting you with what you think you want and then subverting it within the framework of the narrative itself, within the form itself. It doesn't have characters explicitly saying, this is what we think a Star Wars movie should be, uh, <laughs> and then like making fun of them. No, it just uses the tools that it has and it's it still functions as a story. This movie, it, it the first third of it is doing this meta thing. It feels like it's operating in two different ways where it's the first third is doing this meta thing and it wants to be this commentary. And then once he wakes up and is in the real world, it kind of continues to be a normal Matrix sequel. Like, we could have dropped all that shit. If someone, like, dropped you in uh, 45 minutes into this and they were like, hey, sorry, you missed the first 45 minutes. We're watching the sequel to The Matrix. You'd be like, okay, yeah, this kind of makes sense. But, like, it feels like, it just feels like it's trying to have its cake and eat it too. And in a way that I really don't like. <laughs> I said a lot. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. Actually, this might sort of segue into other stuff we watched, but I also watched a movie this week called Don't Look Up, which is an Adam McKay, like this fictional movie that's sort of about a meteor coming to destroy Earth, and it's a commentary. It's like an allegory for climate change. <clears throat> And people are like, this movie's amazing because, like, this is, like, how we should just be talking to each other. Like, why the fuck can't we just wake up and recognize that the world is ending, like, kind of shit, like, shaking each other, like, listen to scientists kind of thing. It was like, like, I get that, like, I understand that, yes, we've all lived through the pandemic or recipes of people that didn't, like, we've gone through the pandemic, we've lived through this shit, and so we know that, yeah, like, things are really bad, and so collectively we kind of have this hive mind or whatever with the government just, like, not listening, and so having a movie that's like just encapsulating all of that and just sort of putting that into a package isn't a lot of fun like where it's just like a lot of characters just sort of laughing at the scientists and just like being fucking dumb and like people just like scrolling through social media it's just like do we really need to have a two and a half hour movie that just sort of just makes us angry and just points the finger back at us and kind of just makes us feel sort of like angry i don't know like it just like that whole meta thing it's like a double-edged sword where it's like it's just we've had so much meta commentary in a lot of media recently where it's like i don't know i think there's another way to be subversive besides just being like hey like we're being subversive like isn't this clever and like they're doing it in a way that doesn't feel clever when it's i don't know maybe i need to, i feel like i might need to go back and watch this one more time to have a really really solid opinion on it but at first glance yeah like the whole meta idea for the matrix just it kind of cheapens it for me a little bit when it feels like it could be something well bigger because i don't know so like the people who work at binary who are saying stuff like oh i think a matrix sequel should be this and like marketing says it should be this it almost feels like it's a straw man to like the the movie is setting up this villain and it's saying like this is a reflection of some people in the real world and we're gonna defeat those people and it's like i don't fucking care just like make a just fucking continue the story just like make a movie <laughs> like yeah. like movie i want to also they brought in christina ricci for like three lines <laughs> and, and then ditched her <laughs> that's on. great i'm saying that's that's <laughs> the, the good cameo life can't hate on that you get called up you do one day of work i'm saying she's christina ricci fucking cashed out she did, she did, she did the good for christina ricci but like i want to watch more like a no no judgment on uh, christina ricci but yeah to daniel's point i really do feel like 
um yeah they when you put it that way like they set it up to be like oh there are people who want us to make the bad matrix like they want us to make this this and we're this. tearing them and, and we did it yeah, <laughs> market matrix. yeah. and okay. then and we yeah, said they, okay they, you know, like, <laughs> they make the most rehashy form you can imagine the matrix taking with like shot by shot stuff so uh yeah i agree and, like i love when they like the merovingian fight where it's like, these are the exiles, and it's like, none of them have any of the powers like, that we saw them have. Who in these the are. And so it's like, it's like, I don't remember. Um, and then they fall through the floor, and it's clearly supposed to be like callback to the train station, like the subway station fight. But it's, but again, like, this is why I said, like, a smaller Death Star, because it's like, there's no train. Like, it's, it's like, small. it's like when you see the space, it's like way more boring. It's all, it's, there's some green, like, the walls are painted a little green, and like, he punches the wall at one point. But <laughs> it's like, why, why do a callback if you're, like, this isn't subtlety to just do it smaller and less extravagant. Like, it's just the same thing, but worse. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a question. Yes. Uh, what do we think about our climax sort of sequence? Uh, Trinity on the motorcycle, Keanu on the back, uh, pushing people. <laughs> what, what, what do you feel about that? I don't really like his pushy powers. That's not very fun. <laughs> Bullets are cool. I like seeing all the people fall out of windows. I think Max was a new thing. Up in the stakes moment when they like start jumping out of the windows. It's like a really menacing kind of like scary moment of the movie. In a movie where yeah. like no one. It dies. only took two and a half hours to see. <laughs> but a did new you notice thing. when they hit the ground? It's just like a green splash. Yeah. 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 Max, what's up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking to. Um, to Sean Blau about this, about some of these action sequences. And he identified them as having like a more um, like horror action flavor uh, and being sort of interested in, in yeah, in yeah, horror, like, like zombies, this idea right. of the swarm, yeah. the people, Horde. the people on the train, the passerbys that if they really understood who you were deep down, like they would try and freaking kill you yeah. right now. Um, and then, yeah, clearly the people jumping out of windows and yeah, I agree with that. Those are different things. They are a bit different yeah, than <laughs> other things. That we and in that sense, I am tempted to welcome them. However, they like the other ideas. The people jumping out of windows was the same where they're like, they're, they're making human bombs. And I was like, where are they going with this? And then they just abandoned it in like yeah. 20 well, seconds. Well, and they like, and most of the ones that hit the ground don't even explode. They just do a little splash. Like, how is this a bomb? Like, is it bomb only if it hits a car? Um, it's half an idea. I don't understand. I'm yeah. so yeah. confused. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like an hour after I got home and I was just like, I think I just watched the Matrix movie where no one died, which I felt Yeah, I don't was, think so. Which I was yeah. like, is that is that okay? Like is that Even like an okay thing? Crew, it's like the main crew is there to die. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you, um, you have bodies on that ship. <laughs> it's like, come on. And like, I don't well, care bots, about any the bots of them. Died. Like I've spent some time with them. I don't know any of their names. <laughs> Um, like you the could kill someone, says, What's up, dog? and I might feel kind of bad just a little bit because it's like the lady with the barrettes. She seemed cool. She liked Trinity. Yeah. You could kill her. That would be a moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and they almost do it, but then they don't. They almost yeah. do, but then they don't. Uh, oh man, this movie. Stakes. You gotta have them Stakes. in a movie so, for it to work. <laughs> Trinity catching Neo and then flying. Thoughts? Sure. Why not? <laughs> Um, I'll say I really enjoyed that movie in the theater. I think that was the part of the movie that I was like, okay, you really 
captured San Francisco in a really fucking gorgeous mm-hmm. way, and you like make this moment like it's a really big moment visually. I think that's why it sold it. That was what I was thinking. I was like, if I was watching this like in the studio on my laptop, like I don't think it would have captured me as much because when like when they do that jump and it's like in the big screen it kind of feels like it, it feels kind of cool like when they take that leap but then but, when she's just sort of like hanging there in midair holding yeah, him like... and you keep cutting back to it yeah. like from a wire you know you're on a wire um, <laughs> yeah. like, got the good like, shot like, so we gotta like, use it it feels like a wire like it, yeah it just felt very it's like yeah the jump itself is cool the light oh yeah there's like a beauty to chef's it chef's kiss like yeah. it's beautiful um but then they just sort of dangle there, and then the helicopter comes out, and she just says bye, and then yeah. just like <laughs> it floats <zoom> away. <laughs> I'm going to my home planet now. Yeah. Um, my people. Need I mean, you. what is the is? Uh, I feel like there's some greater exploration that could have been done here, you know, with the whole movie. But just like what the idea of the one is, which is like a, a repeated concept two. in the original trilogy of like he isn't the one but then it's a decision and he chooses and then he becomes and then he is and it means something slightly different than the people who has the expect like these expectations of him um but it's the idea that he's the only one that has these powers like the idea that everyone was wrong and more people could have these powers like that's great like that's a lovely like um invigorating like new idea but why <laughs> and yeah. how um and love yeah. yeah love uh yes and it was and it results parts. it results in the movie having the overall structure which is this is thing we haven't quite uh talked about yet i know we're getting late but it results in the overall movie having that structure that we've seen before of someone has to wake up from the matrix like someone has to realize that it's all fake and sort of like get unplugged and like yeah. learn how to fly. But then they Which have to, to do it in problem. the last 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Like, and that's the hero. And we don't, I don't feel like the movie really does anything with Trinity. Like it doesn't do anything with Trinity that she gets to like fly. within. She flew. <laughs> within the she plot. Like actually besides, it's just like, you know how much he likes her. So he's got to yeah. go get her. But it's like, it, there's nothing, they don't establish the plot really to make it so that there's any really strong drive other than him really liking her to like go do that, which like could be valuable, I guess. But It's a smaller then, story. But then her like having these powers, it just sort of implies this greater narrative of her importance outside of, outside of them like being meant to be together. Um, I guess they're sort of playing. Yeah, it's the idea of that that desire, the the yearning, fueling. Yeah. But you don't really understand what that means for them yeah. as individuals. Like how that has affected yeah. her. Is it? Does this mean like being connected yeah, to yeah. him in this way has had some transference of his abilities? Um, maybe. Um, and also, does it, is it like was was there a prophecy part two and like she's fulfilling the second half? I. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't just... wasn't what made him the one like that he freed his mind and so it's like he his mind wasn't as free in this one so that's why he can't fly but hers is more free is that what's going on maybe i don't yeah. know one explanation <laughs> yeah. i've found on, <laughs> online is that like people are explaining it like well they've been inside the pods for 60 years so they're the rusty, abilities yeah. have sort of yeah have just got atrophied or whatever the the matrix but has convinced them it's hard happen? to let go why are we saying he got rusty? Love. 
he got rusty and she got super tough. Like, that's cool. That's I true. just want to know why. Like, I'm fine yeah. with that. Like, that's great. Her being tough guy at the end, like, totally down. No problem with that. I think that, like, can you control her stuff? A little on the nose. But, like, <laughs> sure. But I, yeah. I, I don't understand. Um... Mm. Well, it had that cool Rage Against the Machine cover at the end. Oh, horror, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Daniel figured out there was a post credit scene. It was yeah. trying to figure out I was like, who, who the fuck did this cover? I fast forwarded. Did you know that there was a post credit scene? Either of you? The post credit scene truly offended me. I was like, yes. wait. Yeah, the you guys realize you're making a Matrix movie? Like... <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's we, all a joke. He, it's all he, a yeah, joke. I know. We were watching Daniel's like, remember these guys? You were really worried about them, right? <laughs> yeah, we all wanted oh, to see more yeah. of these guys and their great chemistry. Oh. Yeah, no. Um, any uh, final thoughts about The um, Matrix Resurrections? Was it I mean, worthwhile we could just, I think we could just keep going. And keep going. <laughs> I, yeah, I could talk about this movie for so long. Um, but mostly just repeating the same things. <laughs> I just, yeah, the meta, meta stuff really bothered me, and it lost a lot of... I was so frustrated after that first third of enduring that stuff that it made it very difficult to enjoy the rest of it. And I feel like yeah. I feel like there is a movie here. There are There is a plot here. There are elements here that I could enjoy, but I was so frustrated by that that first act. Um, yeah. And, like, the mo yeah, like I said, the most charitable thing I can do is be like, they made it bad on purpose. <laughs> Let me try and figure out why. <laughs> Like, what was the purpose? Um, yeah, I'm leaning towards that. I'm going to go with that. Max? Yeah, in, in, like, going through some of the production history and, like, the different just Warner Brothers aggressively angling for, like, a return to the franchise, you encounter all types of, like, you know, half ideas. And, like, one of them that I think is even on the Wikipedia is, like, at one point they were just going to do, like, Morpheus prequel. Yeah, which is Regular. And there, there's stuff like that where it's just like, let's just do like a prequel with some other character or do like, you know, the Thomas mentioned the video games and like the Enter the Matrix games you play as like Niobe and Ghost. Yeah. So like a, a sort of parallel thing. And like every time I saw one of these things, I was like, yeah, like, sure. Like young Morpheus, like, let's do it. Like, I'm sure there are stories there. But yeah, I just feel like they tried to do like the maximalist, like continue the whole franchise energy and it went absolutely nowhere and it was boring to watch. Which is the cardinal sin of every piece of consumable media is just like, it was boring. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, I don't, I don't want to be your dad in this scenario and be like, I just, you don't understand it. This movie doesn't make any sense. And they still showed but it in theaters. sadly, they did show During it in theaters. During a pandemic. And that is how I felt. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, people risk their lives to see yeah. this movie. People risk their lives for this Matrix resurrection. Um, yeah, I uh, did. Yeah, <laughs> we very nearly did as a trio. Um, yeah. And then I got I cold feet at the last minute because my coworkers tested positive. Um, but yeah, I. Um, it's like you could, you could, if you took every idea in this movie and you put it in a bag and you shook up that bag and you just picked like four, you would probably have a pretty fun movie. Like, you could do some cool yeah. stuff with any four ideas. Just just pick four. And from the little stuff, like the mirror perspective things, to, like, the big stuff of, like, 
Smith is, for some reason, still here, and is now a, a tech boy. Like, <laughs> sort of running the gamut, um, and you could do some fun stuff. Um, a smaller sort of scale movie, not necessarily big save the world stuff. Um, but yeah, you wake up Neo, and then you wake up Neo, and maybe Trinity is or is not still alive. Honestly, I could do with her without that. <laughs> But, like, you gotta re-wake Neo up, and then three other things happen. Like, <laughs> three things that are in this movie. Um, and I would have a pretty good time. But instead they tried to pit, put, like, 15 things in, <laughs> in this movie. And I did not have a fun time. It's too many things. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Alright, All right, uh, Max, what have you been watching this week? Oh, um, yeah, I should have, should have thought about this one. Uh, I've actually been, uh, my, my partner, Emma is visiting and, um, I have like a tradition now, which is like whatever show she is binging. I just enter at like the random point. I really like, I don't know what it is that makes me able to do like accept this uh yeah debauched lifestyle but uh so what, yeah. yeah so so what she's so what she's watching is the sopranos oh and I, I was gonna say, I, I was gonna <laughs> jokingly say is it the sopranos and so Emma so i've entered so cool. i've entered the sopranos at the last one was the twin peaks like revival or like oh. the new twin peaks oh wow which you're probably gonna hate me for but but yeah so i've entered the sopranos at like season like the end of season six a like right at like yes like yes. we're at we're deep everyone so literally like every time someone walks on screen she'll just like look at me and be like do you want backstory or no? <laughs> and, like, and, and if i and if i say yes i know that i'm gonna hear for sure about a murder like, <laughs> like, like it's, it's if i say yes it's just like oh yeah so that guy strangled to death his wife and uh, but now he's having problems with drugs. I'm just like, why do we care? Like, you said he did what? Like, um, Great but, show. Uh, yeah. So the 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 so the Sopranos. I'm addicted. I became addicted in two episodes, and uh, yeah, I'll definitely have to revisit. I can just it's, it's so good. brief. I want to hear what your experience with Twin Peaks: The Return was if you oh, were yeah. doing it this way as uh, connoisseurs. Yeah, like. At, at one point, they're like, when they're in that place, I don't know what you call that place. Which the, place, the Max? <laughs> there's yeah, the a black few. room, I think. Oh, the black and then lobby. there's like a stick that talks. Yeah. And I was oh, like, that's yeah. pretty early, baby. I've ever seen in my you mean life. the arm? I, I know that this yeah. is the arm. The yeah. evolution yeah. of the arm, Max. That's, you know, get it right. What's up? The evolution of the arm. That's the stick that talks. It's the evolution mm -hmm. okay. of the arm. Yeah. yeah I and like he sounds arm. like this. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you watch episode eight? Do you know what episode? If you watched episode eight, you would know. That's the black and white I, episode. I think I was supposed to watch this one, and I didn't. Okay. I have not. It's seen it one of the best uh, pieces of television. Best piece of television there has ever been. Yeah, yeah. I think Emma is in agreement with you on that. I think I, I when when we watched it, we were like, I cannot believe someone could technically yeah, this doesn't just make turn any sense on their and they showed it on television yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> way to bring it back yeah. i was gonna say i'm really curious what emma thinks about the uh, sopranos movie that came out a few months ago because it's really polarizing if, uh, amongst fans of the show yeah we haven't seen it okay definitely um, interested did you see it uh yes i did i've is watched it good? that movie uh it is not a good movie but <laughs> okay. 
Um, I, but they also, shouldn't have I, resurrected it. I can't, yeah, they should do the Sopranos resurrection. <laughs> um, Tony's back. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a, really a robot. Fantastic show. It's it's really fucking good. You start off as season one, and you like you're like in 1998, and then like 9/11 happens, and then like all it's just, it's just fucking crazy. It's just like the show is just it's just so fantastic. Wow. I should have known the movie wasn't very good because I, I have a coworker who's deeply into The Sopranos and he was he was talking about the trailer. Just so excited, talking about it all the time. Kept trying to talk to me about it, and I kept I had to tell him like three or four times, like, "Buddy, I, I've never seen it." And he'd be like, "Damn it, you're not one of the ones." Okay, well, I gotta go find something else. You're not um, one of the ones. And then the movie came out, and I never heard about it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of like that. Um, Thomas, what uh, have you been watching? I uh, have a few things. Well, I mentioned Demon Souls earlier. Daniel was talking about it a lot. Oh, I got it for Christmas, okay. and I've been playing it, and it's amazing. It's really Good. difficult. Yeah, when I first played it back in, like, 2010, our friend uh, John Riley. Uh, yeah, John Riley? John Riley? Yeah. Yeah. Name right? Make sure it's the same. <laughs> Jonathan, Jonathan Riley, good friend of ours, fucking gave me a copy good of that game. <laughs> I played it. Fucking love John Riley. Don't don't challenge me. <laughs> we we made raptor noises together in the dorms. Yeah. John Riley's a homie. A lot so, of Call of Duty. Like, yeah, he gave me his copy of Demon Souls and like the horrible friend that I am. I played it for five minutes. Was horrible at it and traded it away but now i have it again and i <laughs> apologize to sean for that but also like yeah like thank you for recommending it because i like was against it but now i'm playing it and fucking really loving it because i'm actually like progressing and good, making some progress. I'm really enjoying it but as far as what i've been watching this week i got to my 200th film Yay! this year been on the Congrats! list i got it at 4 a.m this morning i was watching harder they fall as this mm. western uh, it's really good it's a little like glossy and kind of like bright for a western but it's like all like the black cast like it, like all like the black actors of note are in this movie like Delroy Lindo fucking Regina King Jonathan Majors Lakeith Stanfield Zazie Beetz uh the list kind of goes on it's like an incredible cast and it's a lot of fun nice just like really stylistically kind of shot western and it's just this is good it's just a really good movie had, had a fun wa- time watching that um wanted to mention the most recent season of It's Always and Sunny in Philadelphia ended last week, and the season was really fucking fantastic. They did, like, more than half of it was set in Ireland, and, <laughs> I, like, it's, it's, they have a lot of fun kind of doing a really big kind of, like, setting change, and then there's, like, a really nice emotional core dealing, I don't know, I guess, from familiar with the show, but they sort of focus on the character Charlie kind of meeting his father, and it's, it's, it's really fun, and I recommend that. It's one of those shows where you don't really need to watch every single season to keep up so you can kind of just hop in hop out and and you know, season 15 it's been going on for a long long time and i don't know if i mentioned it on the last episode but i just wanted to mention it again because the last episode of that season was incredible but yeah that's basically it yeah it got to 200 really happy um don't know if i'm gonna do this list again <laughs> next year because I'm exhausted. Watch some bad movies. <laughs> do the movies. month. Do September. We'll do September next year all together. That would be super fun. Movie a day. Okay. Movie we'll a pick day. it back up. We didn't do it this year. Because, uh, you know, the okay. world sucks. Max, you had something to yeah. say? Oh, you raised your hand. Uh, no, I, was, I was just applauding, I was applauding Thomas's uh, achievement. Great achievement, yeah. Oh, thanks. But yeah, and then one of those movies that towards the end of the list was Don't Look Up, and that was one that kind of showed up towards the end of the year. It's on Netflix. Uh, if you're curious about sort of Adam McKay style, I, I like The Big Short. I think The Big Short's great. Vice is a little shaky. This one is is 
really interesting in some regards, but it's kind of just a mess. It, good cast, but it's just like a, a big, sad movie about <laughs> climate change. So I'm, I'm curious what other Love people it. will think about it, because I feel like it's it's really polarizing, to, at least to me. Um, but yeah, that's that's exactly what I need in my life right now. A really big, sad <laughs> movie about oh, the yeah. inevitable um, death of humanity uh, due, to, yes, uh, due to inaction that we could have averted. Yeah. yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio is really great. Good pandemic <laughs> watching. Yeah, really yeah. great to watch in this health crisis. Yeah, it, yeah it's, 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 yeah, it's like it's, it's too, too meta and too like recent to even like sort of go into that territory. But I was like, I, I, I like a lot of the people that are in it, and I'm a sucker for casting. If it has a good cast, I'll fucking mm-hmm. watch it. So I just put that on. But that's what I did this week. What about you, Daniel and Emily? Um, I haven't really watched much of anything. I started reading Childhood's End. Which that copy Max gave me. Uh, well, I'm reading on my Kindle. birthday, maybe like <laughs> 12 years ago. I don't want to touch that one because I feel like it's very delicate. So, I, I'm so reading, you're reading it. Oh, I'm reading on my Kindle. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, the paperback. Is but yeah, I just. Birthday present. I just finished the first act, which is like we get the big reveal at the end of the first act. So, so I'm going to spoil the first act for you Rude. because. Well, you would spoil <laughs> it for me and it intrigued me enough to want to read it. Okay. And I'm enjoying reading it. So, like, uh, so the story, basically, it is aliens come to Earth. They create, um, you know, peace. They improve life on Earth for humans. And they have not revealed themselves. And that creates... Yeah, physically. Um, So that creates this, uh, you know, people... There's a portion of humanity that's not really happy about that. And they, they like, want to rebel and stuff, want to cause a fuss about it. And so they say, all right, well, in 50 years, in 50 years, I'll reveal myself. The, the you know, our or, or, overlord um, says that. So they wait and they wait. Uh, the spaceship, it uh, drops a, a ramp down and a voice comes out and says, uh, I want to see two children. Like, send me two children. Two children go to the ramp. Um, and they like, the ramp has its own gravity. They, they float up. And then out comes the alien with his two children. This alien who said, you know, he didn't want to reveal himself for the longest time because humanity wasn't ready for it. Finally reveals himself. He's got two children, one on each arm. And he's got these big leathery wings. And he's got horns. And he's got a, a tail. A, a, tail. a, tail <laughs> a pronged tail. And it's just a fucking demon. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, that's the reveal. And But this demon, he's, you know, really helped people. He's so, like, how are, how are people going to react to this demon? Oh. Um, and so, so oh, it's sweet. pretty cool. What's it called? Childhood's End. That's Childhood's End by Arthur C. Child- Arthur C. Child- Clarke, who yeah. wrote 2001 A Space okay. Odyssey. And oh, okay. I think this is weird. This is like we planned it. But I'm pretty sure I am also currently rereading a book that I think I read the first yeah. time because of you, Max. Because um, we passed around yeah. our high school group. I'm, Daniel got me a copy of The Sparrow, which I've been meaning to reread. Oh, my God. Which, like... <laughs> That book is. I, this, I I would be terrified to this reread. Book it. I'm is, really interested is, to hear what you have to say. It's seminal in like my. This honestly, is, I feel like really set me up for my appreciation of Ursula Le Guin, um, who I don't know. Have you read her stuff, Max? Like, have you read no, like you no. have to my shame? Like the dispossessed in Left Hand of Darkness. Like just just start with either one of them. Probably start with Left Hand of Darkness, but. Um, like this, they really, um, I, I feel like the Sparrow, and I'm pretty sure I read A Wizard of Earthsea when I was pretty young, and I just didn't really remember it very much. But yeah, the Sparrow, I love talking about the Sparrow with people, because setting up just the basic premise of it, 
of um, um, an extraterrestrial communication is intercepted on Earth by sort of an unlikely group of of scientists um, and lay people, um, including a Jesuit priest. and uh, who relays, like, the world discovers, um, but the Jesuits, sort of in secret, send a mission to this planet. This sort of near future. It actually takes place in 2019, which is, rereading it was really interesting. But the book was published in the, like, mid-90s, so it was, like, near future um, at the time. Uh, so they, they send in, in semi-secret a mission to the planet where they have received this communication from because the communication, it's not just a random radio broadcast, it's singing. And it's like beautiful singing. It's like clearly alien, but also clearly like lovely. Um, so um, so this mission sort of comes together and it feels like it feels just ordained by god like every every possible sort of like synchronicity has lined up of like this group of people who are all sort of friends discover this thing together and they are all perfectly selected for this mission like they all have the specialties needed to like make an actual interstellar mission possible so they go because of time dilation about 30-ish 35 years pass Um, the ship returns to Earth. The Jesuit priest is the sole survivor. He's traumatized. He's, like, starving. Um, his hands are mutilated. Just, like, just completely mutilated. And he says he's killed a child. (laughs) And so, and so then from there you're going back and forth between, like, the mission, uh, and his basically, like, interrogation. Um, is deep breathing, oh, yeah. Uh, and it's uh, spectacular. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's great. It's also had many, many failed adaptation attempts. It was at one point <laughs> bought by Brad Pitt's production oh, yeah, company, right. and he was going to play uh, Puerto Rican Emilio Santos, <laughs> Santos the, the Jesuit priest, um, which, thank God, the author after that rescinded the rights to it. Um, but then it's been picked up a couple times. I think the last uh, announcement was, like, this year or last year that, like, FX or AMC were like, yeah, we're gonna make a miniseries or something. Um, which, yeah, who knows. But it's... I'm glad the book holds up, though. It does. There's some of the romance stuff. It's like, there's a little too much. Uh, but it's really nice. There's just a lot of romance. <laughs> um, not too overwrought, but uh, but a lot of it. Uh, but yeah, it's very nice to reread something that I haven't read since high school and been like, oh yeah, I wasn't a complete idiot then. Like, this is good. <laughs> this is, this is still yeah. quite good. Yeah. Yeah, like... Rewatching movies is one thing, but like rereading stuff from like yeah. those formative years is really fucking fascinating. Yeah. I just read the graphic novel adaptation of To Kill a Mockingbird, and it was just like incredible. Just like sort of seeing it visually yeah. and it's like just in, in, enjoying that in a whole different yeah. level. Sounds like The Sparrow is on the list. Yeah. Gotta read that next. Yeah. Well, it's been episode 66 of Vague Zone. Thank you all for joining us. If you'd like to contact us, you can email us vaguezonepod at gmail.com. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or movie suggestions, franchise suggestions, or if you just want to say hi, you can tweet at us on Twitter at Vague Zone. Uh, Emily Crona, thank you for joining us. Max Burwell, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thanks for having yeah. us. This was great. Absolutely. 
yeah, this has been episode 66 of Big Zone. We will catch you on the next one. We don't know what the movie will be, but we'll let you know. Oh, yeah. Um, so I've been Thomas. And I'm Daniel. See ya in 2022. Cool. Dope. That was fun. Awesome. Um, that was so fun. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we all hated the movie. Yeah, I thought surely one of us would be defending. No. I feel like I was trying movie. to defend it the most.